This is This is Collected Thoughts with Keyshawn Harper. I have a confession. I know you guys may see me as this huge tough guy, and I know I exude everything that is masculine. But the truth is, I was sort of an emotional child. Like, like really emotional. I remember in the first grade, right? I would cry about something at least once a day or tops once every other day. I would have these huge breakdowns in class. And to be honest, I don't even remember what they were about. But what I do remember were the reactions after a while. I sort of gotten this reputation of being this whiny kid. And some kids were cool about it. One kid, he was really cool. He would try to calm me down no matter what it was. Even if it was something utterly ridiculous. One day I was super sad about something, and I don't even remember what it was, but I remember crying in the classroom. And then my teacher was trying to calm me down when another teacher came into the room, and she asked my teacher what was wrong. And then what my teacher said was something that stuck with me to this day. She said, I don't know what's wrong with him. You know how he gets sometimes. I feel like there are moments in life when we are confronted with who we really are. And when you're in these moments, you can't help but to objectively look at yourself and your actions for what they are. I remember plenty of moments like that, but I'm pretty sure this may have been the first. It was then that I realized how others viewed me. I was a crybaby, the whiner, the over-emotional kid who would cry over everything. My classmates knew it. My teachers knew it. And on that day, I knew it. Not long after this, I became more aware of my crying habits and learned how to stop them. The emotions never really stopped, but my reactions did. I didn't want to be seen as a needy person, so I never asked for anything. This, I admit, may not be the most healthy step. It could be really extreme to some people, especially to take as a child, but I didn't really know any better. This went on for years, and I just got used to it. It wasn't really that big of a deal until I went to high school. The last couple years of high school for me was a bit dramatic. Like for any teenager, when puberty, emotions, just figuring everything out comes all swirling together, you have a tidal wave of stress. However, no longer was I the young boy who took to crying at his problems. This time, stress took another form. Anger. And I was angry all the time, to the point where I don't even know what I was angry at. I remember one day, I went off on a few friends, just because they said something about my phone. I don't even remember what the comment was, but when someone tried to calm me down, I pushed them away and stormed off, which is not like me at all. Now, to a lot of people, that doesn't sound too crazy, but to me, I'm a guy who prided myself on hiding myself, hiding my emotions, hiding things. So that public outburst was just a warning sign for me a warning sign that i may have to figure out a better way to put a cap on my emotions once again and it was sometime later that i discovered this idea that people have adopted for years famous quote-unquote manly figures like winston churchill alexander the great teddy roosevelt all used this principle to become the men that they were and these men were strong they had purpose they had power and to an ex-cry baby like me that sounded like something different Something I can get on to. And that idea, that philosophy, was stoicism. 
Zeno of Sintium was a wealthy merchant who lived back in 334 BC. Although he had great wealth, he lived a relatively humble life. Zeno always had an interest in living a worthy life. However, that interest would blossom after a near-death experience. At the age of 22, Zeno was on a sea trade voyage when a monstrous storm decimated his ship, leaving him stranded at sea. Zeno lost both people and nearly all of his valuables that day, but after managing to find his way to Athens, things began to look up for him. While in Athens, he was introduced to the idea of philosophy for the very first time. He took onto it rather quickly and began to give lectures himself about his own ideas, and over time, he grew a following. Those who began to adopt Zeno's ideas called themselves Zenonians. However, Zeno being the man he was, thought that naming the ideas after himself put too much emphasis on himself rather than the practice. So, the name was changed to Stoicism. This name was derived from the term Stoapokio, meaning painted porch. Stoapokio was one of the most famous sites in ancient Athens, and Zeno, along with his disciples, would go there to talk about different ideas, which inspired them to name their philosophy after this great place of theirs. One of the overarching truths in this philosophy is that anxiety is a common emotion felt by all in the human race. Anxiety, fear, from the fear of predators, to the fear of not having enough food, to the fear of not fitting in with the tribe, we often worry about how our day and how our lives would play out. Look at Zeno. Once upon a time, he had riches that so many people claimed to be the answer to our anxiety. However, on that fateful day when the ship was utterly destroyed, Zeno learned something valuable that became one of the driving forces of his own philosophy. He learned that no matter who you are, what kind of life you lead, bad things will happen to you. Life happens. One minute, he had it all, and the next, nearly everything was wiped out. He realized that we can't control how people behave towards us. We can't control major health issues we may have. And in his case, you can't control the weather. Yet we exert so much energy being fearful of the future, anxious about what tomorrow brings. And according to Zeno and the Stoics, we lose the fight before it's even fought because we lack control over the one thing we should have the most control over, our emotions. If we were to have a simple, basic understanding of what makes Stoicism, the first place we would look is to the demeanors of those who practice it. The main idea is to never be swayed by any current of life. Your situations, your possessions, the comforts you have in your life should not influence your happiness, just as defeats or losses shouldn't affect you either. This never-too-high, never-too-low mentality is easily personified when we look at action movie heroes. Think of one of your favorite action movie heroes, and in this case, it probably doesn't matter who you pick. These are the guys who are never-too-high, never-too-low, like we said. These are the guys who, no matter what, stay even-keeled. Surrounded by a whole bunch of enemies? It's okay, I like those odds. Getting the snot beaten out of you by the main villain? I can do this all day. And when that old soul stereotypical damsel in distress is absolutely swooned by your heroic efforts, you keep a straight face as you walk away. And as you walk away from the explosion, remember cool guys don't look at explosions. Although it sounds funny when we're thinking about it this way, it really is a trait that people look for in their leaders. They look for the calm and cool collected people, 
the calm quarterback during a crazy game. The CEO with ice in his veins. Believe it or not, we've been believed to think that these are leaders. So naturally, as a youngin, I felt like this is how I should have been. So I embarked on this stoic journey. Over time, I learned not to let things bother me. And I practiced mindful techniques that kept me calm whenever I was too upset about anything. And when I was sad, I would simply uh, just think about the bigger picture of the world and focus my energy elsewhere. This went on for a while and was really amplified when I became a police officer. My stoic muscles, you say, were put to the test since the first day of academy. I was no longer imagining myself as a cool, calm, and collected action movie star. Over time, I became one in real life. From car chases to foot chases, every night was an action movie. I was no longer keeping this stoic demeanor just for myself, but to comfort others. It became bigger than myself. I became a first responder, so if people called me to handle whatever madness was going on, there was no way I could show some sort of weakness or fear. If I'm freaking out, who else would they turn to? And I can't lie, this mindset served me very well. Over time, I was given more and more responsibility. I was even able to earn the title of Tactical Field Officer, which was a new program started by the department. And I was hardly on for like a year at the time. And I know I've mentioned it before, but for new people, in this unit, I was trained to do high-priority calls, barricaded gunmen, dispute with weapons, active shooters, stuff like that. Those type of situations where people needed me to be on point. And in my mind, on point meant away from the emotions, keep my emotions intact. And yes, things were going very well for me professionally. I slowly began to realize that my life was somewhat of a double-edged sword this way. Whether it was because of either my all-or-nothing mentality or due to the fatigue of constantly being in moments where I needed to have that stoic mindset, I slowly began to block out all emotion. I began to detach from everything to the point that not only were the bad moments gone, but the wonderful moments of life tasted just as dull as the bad ones I trained to block out. I could no longer stop and smell the roses because they had become insignificant. If you were to talk to mainstream Stoics of today, they would say I reached a sweet spot in life. Like truly nothing could faze me and I was on top of my game. But the problem was that it may be miserable. Listen, I know the current narrative surrounding law enforcement, but believe me when I say that my style in terms of my day-to-day -day interactions with people, it was based on positive rapport building and getting to the root of issues. I feel like a lot of the reasons why I do what I do now is because of what I learned when I was able to test out counseling in the field, day-to-day -day life. And for a while, I really enjoyed that. If I was able to empathize with people on why they were in a domestic dispute or why they were breaking into a house, or if I could understand the emotions involved when a person suffers from alcoholism, then my hope was that I could make some sort of actual difference in someone's life without just taking them to jail. The problem became though, if I was numb, then I wasn't able to care enough to do those things. Before I knew it, I became a less efficient officer and in my personal life, a less effective friend. But how? Like, I thought the whole point of this was to not feel anything so that I could be better. I could make more clear decisions. I was trying to become the master of my own thoughts and my own emotions. The idea in my head was that nothing can phase me so then nothing could stop me. 
I had to let go of all the anxieties that play everyday people because I did not want to be an everyday person. But somewhere along the line with this pursuit, I turned things off completely. People would tell me good news and I had no gratifying emotional feedback to give them. I no longer looked forward to anything. And worst of all, I couldn't express myself. Some of the most important people in my life were looking for some sort of sign that they mattered to me. And it took a Herculean effort just to give the appearance that I cared. At the end of the day, I realized what I was missing was some sort of spark. In my effort of ridding myself of negative emotions, I got rid of them all. And the only way to recorrect my course was to let them back in. But in order to do that, I risked letting the child version of me reappear. Which was a horrifying thought because emotions to me came with pain and exploitation. Our society is built on the weak being overran by the strong. Some of us in childhood are taught that you can't let people see you bleed because seeing you bleed is a sign of weakness. And a sign of weakness makes you pray. Pray not only for those who are wishing to do you harm, but pray to your own emotions. I figured being numb surely was better than feeling lost. It was better than being scared. It was better than feeling hurt all the time. Right? Looking back now, I think it's here where I believe I made my mistake. You see, when I was looking into stoicism initially, I was looking at it through more of a surfacey level. I was super young when I first looked at this thing. I mean, I was looking at the online business stars that said they did this. The action movie heroes. I read in books by other people saying that historical figures such as Theodore Roosevelt or Winston Churchill used these things called stoicism. I was told that they rid themselves of what we call emotions. But here lies the problem with this own philosophy. We can say that mainstream stoicism prides itself on not being swayed by outside circumstances because we've conquered our own emotions. The issue is... When stoicism is talked about through a social media influencer or somebody who's trying to sell you an image, it is heavily implied that to go beyond your emotions means that you must numb the pain of reality. But last time I checked, ignoring an issue isn't equivalent to conquering an issue. And although not everyone says that numbing emotion leads to stoicism, I do think this has become more of a mainstream idea of it. And I don't believe that this is what Zeno meant when he created this philosophy. This is just me talking, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think on the outside looking in, those who we consider Stoics, true Stoics, only appear to be indifferent about mishaps in life. When we're talking about this, it's very important to note that the original teachings of Zeno were not directly passed down. Meaning like with other ideas, it was spread through word of mouth and along those lines, people may have added their own particular spices to the original teachings. But now looking into it as deeply as I can, for what I understand, I believe Zeno was a huge proponent of self-awareness, not only to help yourself, but to also help others. Self-awareness meaning that I am in tune with myself, i.e. my emotions, not separate from them. If you look at the most basic definition of a Stoic, you will read that it is, quote, a person who can endure pain or hardship without showing their feelings or complaining, end quote. 
the key word I believe in here is showing. And somehow, somewhere along the lines, I mistook showing for having. Now, some of you may argue that there's little difference between the two words. And to those people, then I would absolutely say with full certainty that if I'm practicing your version, then yes, stoicism almost ruined my life. I turned off emotion. I ran away from them. And in that sense, they had power over me. But you have to understand that bad things happen to good people. And one of the main reasons we feel angry, we feel sad, we feel neglected and betrayed is because when those bad things happen, we believe our lives should be better than that. Mainstream stoicism would have you believe that in order to avoid the pain, you must become numb, you must stay focused and become absolutely unbothered by emotions that we have. But I think what really should be done and I hope at least what was meant by Zeno when he spoke to his students on that painted porch centuries ago is that we master our emotions by feeling them, embracing them, suffering from them, while at the same time moving forward. And if on that path, we can do it without holding on to the old wounds or without bleeding on those who wish us no harm. If we can learn to carry on through the rain, through the snow, through the hurricanes of life as if they were the sunny days, then maybe, just maybe, you can consider yourself a stoic. And in my eyes, you can consider yourself a hero. Thank you for listening. And until next time, take it easy.